0: Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Well, welcome everyone to chapter nine of Unmasked. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the journey. It's been an exciting uh, few weeks together as we've unpacked uh, masks like fear, rejection, shame, guilt, perfectionism, insecurity, anxiety, disappointment. We've just got two more to go. Today's Inferiority, and next week we're going to be unpealing Sin, a real big one. And our series verse has come from 2 Corinthians 3.18. says, we, that's all of us who have unveiled, unmasked faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, and we are being transformed into His likeness. I think the whole point of the book is for us to become more like Jesus. The world our society, our cities would be much better if uh if we reflected the Lord's glory, became more like him. And so I would encourage you, if you haven't, you can you can purchase a copy of the book, head to amazon.com, amazon.co.uk, download it, it's on ebook. The audiobook is coming available very soon as well. We've also got a U version app that's coming up uh as well, so you can follow along on there and write a review. If it's been helpful, let us know. Well, inferiority. It's been said that a person who deals with inferiority is like a firework with a lit fuse. It's just a matter of time until they explode. And the problem with that is when they do, that many people around them can get hurt as a result. And, you know, I've struggled with inferiority. By the way, every chapter in the book that I've written, I've struggled with. That's why I chose these 10 different masks. Um, But inferiority is often the result of some unhealed hurt or past pain in an individual's life, and like perfectionism and insecurity, inferiority is very difficult to see in yourself. A lot of a lot of uh, you know fear you can feel, but inferiority is not something you necessarily talk about or uh, see in yourself. But uh, psychologists call it our blind spot, and uh, it, it's impossible to really remedy it on your own. And everyone, okay, has a degree of it. So if you think watching this, going out, it excludes me. No, we all have a degree of this. Whether young old male female rich poor we are all secretly fighting feelings daily of inferiority and um we all live with this subconscious narrative for our life and the narrative is this do i have what it takes do i have what it takes do i have what it takes to get the job do i have what it takes to uh, be the husband or the wife um i want to be do i have what it takes to pass the test do i have what it takes to you know, it could be a whole different, a whole realm of different things. In 2018, I was asked to speak at Hillsong Conference. It was an amazing honor in the O2 Arena in London, 20,000 plus people. And um, the night before was John Gray and Pastor Brian Houston was the speaker right before me. I remember that question was burning in me for days and just a few minutes before, do I have what it takes? I described in the book as one of the darkest moments of my life. Because when you look around a, a packed auditorium of people and think, Little me has got to stand on that big stage. You you, you feel this sense of inferiority a surrounding you. It's like a dark cloud and no one else knows what's going on inside of you, only you. Um, and if, if I'm honest, the sense of inadequacy is not just on a big moment like that, but it can actually be on a daily moment or a weekly moment. And before I lead or speak, even before I came to camera today, you constantly constantly in this simple yet effective prayer and it's, sim- it's Lord, help me because do i have what it takes is a question it's just a human question that we all ask ourselves and i continue got to remind myself to if, to go to the book of ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says for i am god's workmanship created for good works in advance i wonder where you need to remember that you are god's workmanship in your life in your school in your community chantal and i you know have a, an evening routine with our children first we we cook them dinner which you should do, by the way. As parents, it's always good to feed the kids. And uh, then we try and get them in the bath or the shower. And then we play indoor football, which normally ends in tears. Normally Chantal and Miracle are crying um, after losing. Um, and then we try and get our two little tinkers tucked up in bed. But one of the things we do, we do with our children is we pray an abundant prayer over them. It's a prayer that we've been praying over the last 10 years over our children. It's this is Father God, as miracle and justice go to sleep tonight, we thank you that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you that they are the head and not the tail. We thank you that they are above and not beneath. We thank you that they are the lenders and not the borrowers. We thank you that they will have friends because they're friendly. They'll be quick learners. They'll be wise decision makers, and they'll be positive contributors to their school and to their world. May they sleep in peace tonight in jesus name we've been praying those words over them for the last 10 years well not justice because he's only six um he probably needed we probably needed to start a little bit early on him as well um but apart from the spiritual benefits of that prayer what we recognized and we we wrote those words carefully is we wanted to speak of their identity as as, as little children because it's not what others think about them that's going to give them their identity ultimately It's what God thinks about them. We wanted to encourage them on who God says they are. And, you know, encouragement has been described as oxygen to the soul. We want to make sure that we're feeding our children, feeding our minds, feeding our staff, feeding our our spouses, oxygen, encouragement to the soul. You know, companies spend billions and billions of dollars each year to convince their staff that that they're not inferior. And there's always going to be a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And, you know, w- w- with companies, they're not good looking, you know, not good looking enough. So you've got to spend money on that product. You're not res- resource well enough. So you've got to buy that app or that subscription and it, in- it can cause inadequacy in our hearts. And the sense of inadequacy, inferiority, it can go right back to our earliest memories or moments in life. Um, you know, I know people who experience the feelings of inferiority because they grew up always struggling financially. I know people uh, who felt like they never lived in the right places, never wore the right clothes or the right brand. So they feel inferior to everyone else. Um, maybe in school, they felt they didn't measure up academically, socially or relationally with other kids. You know, my, my wife, she, she went to 16 different schools by the time she turned 20 years old in in Bible school, 16 different schools. Imagine that. So when she got to Bible school and she'll tell the story, but when she arrived in Australia and she met, you know, privately educated students, she felt completely inferior because she struggled, you know, writing and reading and, you know, but was that her fault? No, it was just her sense of environment and how she was, brought up. And the problem is, inferiority is always miserable. There's a takeaway for you. Inferiority is always miserable. And it's a misery which God never intended us to live out in our lives. Um, I think we've never been more in danger of comparing our lives with other people's lives like we are right now in the midst of this technological and social media revolution. Um, as a pastor, by the way, I think social media is amazing. It's an incredible connector. It connects us to people all around the world, and especially during lockdown, especially people separated to our families. We can jump into their world. We can jump into their holiday, jump into what they're eating even. And I think, you know, but, and that's and, and amazing. The social media uh, sphere is incredibly vast. The digital mission field, and we can utilize it, engage with it as a church. We can reach far more people now quicker than we've ever done before through social media but it also has a downside. And I talk about it a lot in the book because we can live with this thing called FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Other people call it destination disease. And we always want to be somewhere else. We can't enjoy the moment we're in right now because we're living someone else's journey and they're living our journey. And how many times have I woken up on a brand new day, which is the day the Lord has made, and I picked up my phone and I scrolled through Instagram within minutes, I felt inadequate. Because I wanted to be somewhere else. I wanted to be wearing someone else. I wanted to be driving something else. And I wanted to be something else. And I looked through the lens of someone else as well. And that's exactly what this, this, this series, this, this unmasked chapter is about. I think it was Craig Rochelle said, the quickest way to feel inferior is to compare what God is doing in me with what is happening in someone else. I think that's a brilliant quote. The quickest way to feel inferior is to compare what God is doing in me with what is happening in, something, in someone and in something else. You know, remember, you've got to remember this, that success and fruitfulness are very different. They're very different. To be fruitful means to be faithful. I want to encourage you where you're at right now. Maybe you feel inferior, and God is saying, just remain faithful. Remain faithful in your church, remain faithful in your group, remain faithful in the team, remain faithful in your workplace. And as you remain faithful, the promise is God will make you fruitful. And God wants you to live out the good works, as we heard from Paul in the book of Ephesians, that God has created for you to walk in. I believe there are three really simple but powerful keys to help us unlock the doors for us to take off the masks the mask of inferiority. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one is this. Key number one is daily discipline. Daily discipline, a good way to stop feeding the beast of inferiority. A good way, a good first step, even just just start untying the mask, is to limit your screen time. Have a day where you turn your phone off. Have a night where you don't have your phone beside your bed. Delete some time apps. What are time apps? Time apps are apps that take your time, apps that steal your joy, apps that help you compare your life with someone else's life. And I I don't know who said it, but I loved it when I saw it. It says, go spiritual before you go digital. I think that's a great quote. Go spiritual in your day before you go digital. Spend some time in God's word. You know, his word won't open up for you. If you keep it closed, you've got to open God's word in your life. You know, this week, I was just needing to make a decision. I remember just opening my Bible on Monday morning and literally there was a passage there that spoke straight into the situation I needed. And it was spot on for me. Um, and if you, when you feel in a sense of inferiority, I encourage you to open up God's word, have that daily discipline in your life. You know, I, I, I meet a lot of people and they feel a little bit even overwhelmed and intimidated by the Bible because it's a big book. We live in a, in a world where we like small books, don't we? Large words on small pages, small books. And I get that. I get that. However, a good rule of thumb to remember is this. The goal is not to get through the Bible. The, the goal is to get the Bible through you. Okay, so don't be intimidated by the Bible. Sometimes it feels so big. It's like 66 books all in one book, and it's not even in chronological order, and it can kind of be quite confusing, especially some of the Old Testament books. But just park all those those thoughts aside and go, hey, maybe just read three or four verses. Why don't you start with the book of Psalms? David felt inferiority. He felt it with his brothers. He felt it with Goliath. He felt it with the king of the king of Israel, Saul. He lived with those feelings. Yet he allowed God's word to 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 be inside of him. You know, keep your Bibles open beside your bed. We've talked about this before, but keep God's word open beside your bed. Keep your phone switched off and keep the the Bible open. the Bible The Bible is actually an open invitation, not a closed book. Keep it open in 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 your in your in your bedroom. Maybe you struggle with anxiety or maybe you struggle with insomnia. Or maybe you struggle with depression. And But the Bible open, even if you don't read, is a constant reminder that God is with you. Every time I see God's word open, it's a reminder that he is with me. Psalm 119.11 says, my word I have hidden in my heart. God wants you to hide his word inside of you. And, you know, it's amazing that when you make a regular discipline, a regular routine and rhythm to to be in God's word, suddenly his voice becomes standard in our life. No longer is Instagram standard in my life. No longer is my Twitter feed standard in my life, but his word is standard in my life. So if number one is a daily discipline, number two, the second key is this, a determined discovery. Philippians 4.11 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. You know, Paul, who was writing this, was content and confident in who he was in Christ. Paul told his churches that true significance doesn't come from knowing understand understanding. Sorry, it comes from knowing and understanding the full dimensions of God's love. You know, this knowledge is, is to anchor our emotions, anchor our emotions in God's word. When feelings of worthlessness come and overwhelm us, God doesn't say he'll give us all the qualities and possessions. No, instead, he promised to strengthen us. God wants to strengthen you when you feel inferior. It says in Ephesians 3.16, in the inner person, God wants to do a deep work in our hearts. You know, we can't defeat the outward pressures of inferiority until we deal with our inward inferiority and our identity, longing for love. Inferiority begins with daily discipline. But the next step is a determined discovery of how much God loves you, my friend. No matter your past, no matter your pain, no matter your feelings of inadequacy, no matter what's going on in your world right now, God wants to remind you again of how much He loves you until you discover his love for you. You can never move past the feelings of inferiority. It's a daily discipline. Third key is Christ-like confidence. You know, I can't are words that are very easy to use, especially if we want to get out of something. If you ever want to just get out of something, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do that. I can't. And we often use it to dismiss our responsibility to do something God wants us to do. I remember when um, I had this idea in 2017, right at the start, to run seven marathons in seven days. And I had this idea. One of my boyhood heroes was a, a, a pastor called Matthew Barnett, and he has a huge church called the Dream Center in downtown Los Angeles. In California, and they, they feed and just look after, educate tens of thousands of uh, ex-drug addicts and just gang members. They're just He's just my hero. And he, he set out in 2016 to run seven marathons in seven days on seven different continents. So that was just next level. I didn't quite do the seven continents, but um, he inspired me. And I watched his documentary on that, that week, and I thought, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could run seven marathons in seven days in my city. And guess what? The first feeling that came to me you can't. That was now, you can't. That was what came to me. And it was the the emotions that I was feeling were actually quite frightening. Um, And I felt like just giving up in that moment because the feeling of inferiority says you can't. And I remember calling a good friend of mine, his name's Neil Featherby, He's he's a running coach in our city. I called Neil, I said, I had this crazy idea. I said, what do you think about me running seven marathons in seven days? And my goal was to raise as much money as possible for our new building. He said this, he said, of course you can do it. He didn't even hesitate. He just said, of course you can do it. He said, if you believe in yourself enough, if you back yourself enough, you can do it. You know, there was times over those next two years as I began training and then eventually completing those seven marathons in seven days, I wanted to give up. But if I would have given up, we've, we've now raised over a quarter of a million pounds off the back of those seven marathons, a quarter of a million pounds for our new facility. That facility is going to help countless thousands of people. First of all, encounter Jesus. Secondly, it's going to bring people in off the streets. We're going to shelter people, help people, love people, um, feed people. But so many times I have these feelings of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. And, you know, as frightening as those emotions might be, never mistake them as a reason to avoid the direction that God has for your life. Often our feelings spoil the very plans and the purposes that God has for us. The reality is I wasn't strong enough, but I could train to be strong enough. I wasn't brave enough, but i got some people around me who were brave enough to cheer me on. And there's a young character in the Old Testament. He's a teenager, a boy called Jeremiah. And God was preparing him to be a prophet to the nation. But Jeremiah didn't understand that God was giving him directives instead of inviting a discussion. And often God wants to give you direction in your life and you're trying to start a discussion. And Jeremiah immediately objected to God. And he says this, he says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6, I can't speak. I'm just a young person. It's not clear exactly how old Jeremiah was, but it didn't matter to God because he didn't accept his objections. Instead, the Lord provided exactly what Jeremiah was going to need. He says in verse seven, he says, he enabled, I'm going to enable you. He says in verse eight, my presence is going to go with you. And he says in verse nine, my words are for you. And, you know, we can all connect and relate to Jeremiah's objections. I've got objections. You know, we're building this new building. We're, we're taking ground in a pandemic. We're moving ahead with the soul refuge and we're doing so many amazing things in church. And it'd be easy just to be like Jeremiah and say, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm young or I can't, I'm not educated enough or I'm not enabled enough or I don't have the right people around me. And, you know, J- July 2014 was a huge milestone uh, for our church because um, we launched. We were the church historically had been been just turned 50, but we would, you know, we kind of think it was renewed and we started again and the dream we carried for, for years, Chantal and I became a reality. But what people didn't realize is that that day I was hiding in the toilets upstairs, hiding just before the very first service going, God, I was on the literally sitting on not on the toilet on the floor. Okay, don't get any visuals. Why? Because felt too young. I was just 36 at the time for unqualified, and so many triggers were going off in my head as to why I couldn't do it. The Reality is, we've all had that experience in our lives. We've all had that July 2014 moment where somewhere or someone has pushed us down, or spoken badly of us, or said we're not good enough, we're not we're not strong enough. And I'm still learning how to overcome and take off the mask of inferiority. And if I'm honest, it's a daily battle. Some of the other masks are not daily battles. Sometimes they come and they go over times. But inferiority is a battle that comes, but it's a battle that I'm committed to fighting on a daily basis. I want to invite you to join us on this journey in fighting the mask of inferiority. When you're tempted to put that mask on, when you see something on social media or you read something or someone says something to you or you have those, you're overcome with those emotions, remember, in Jesus, and Christ, there is no inferiority. No matter how inferior, no matter how unqualified, uneducated you are, you are still a tool that God can use. God can use you today. I want to encourage you that God can use you. Why don't you just say that out loud? Why don't you write it in the chat? God can use me. You know, I think the greatest ability that we can have is just simply availability. Saying, God, use me. I know I feel inferior, like Jeremiah. I'm young. I'm unqualified. But God, you can use me. Don't disqualify yourself from what God has qualified you to do. God, the Bible says, went with Jeremiah. And as God went with Jeremiah, my friend, God goes with you today. God goes with you into the battle in that boardroom. God goes with you into that difficult conversation with your family. God goes with you today as you prepare to buy that house. God goes with you today. I encourage you to take off that mask of inferiority and walk in godly, bold confidence into your God-given future. Take these three keys with you as you Master day Number one, keep that daily discipline. Number two, have that determined discovery. Keep discovering how much he loves you. Number three, walk in that Christ-like confidence. Sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it. Sometimes you just gotta walk boldly, put the smile on your face, get the shoulders back, and keep faking it till you're making it. Can I pray for you today? I've, in fact, I've written a special prayer. It's the prayer in the book to really help you engage with this with this mask. Let's, let's bow our heads if you feel comfortable and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, today we take off the mask of inferiority. We thank you that you made us more than enough. When you died and when you rose again, you made us more than enough. And so we stand firm today in our position that we are a much-loved child of God and we walk in confidence today into every God-given opportunity. Father, when we feel like we're getting overthrown with those emotions and when we feel like there's obstacles on every side, we remind ourselves that I am more than enough and you are with me. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I hope it's blessed you. Hope it's helped you. And uh, hey, don't forget, next week is the final mask. Uh, Take care. God bless and catch up soon.